Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 244 of Korea Podcast. Our today's guest is Miss Riro Tio. She's a 3D character artist working on Valorant based in Los Angeles, United States. And of course, before we go into the questions, as always, in the four contact section of the captions, you can find the ID to our Instagram account, the links to her art station and Twitter. And with that being said, I also need to mention that recently our YouTube channel has passed 750 subscribers, which is it doesn't really sound much compared to other channels. And it's kind of funny because I've never put any effort into this, just upload episodes on it. But that that actually gave me a lot of ideas on some videos I could start working on that actually take it seriously. So if you're interested in tutorials related to digital art, Blender, 3D, and also maybe video essays about like, you know, different stuff related to entertainment industry, that's the aim I'm going with the channel in the future. So uh if you if you want to keep updated you know keep subscribe oh god that sounds so cringe when people say that in videos i'm sorry i'm not gonna say that that's gonna be a bad habit from now on <laughs> yeah if you're interested check it out sometimes you know you know kind of like that and well with that being said how are we doing today yeah doing good like how about you all right doing well suffering through summer and i'm sure los angeles is pretty hot as well right yeah it has been really hot but i think these few days there's been like it's been cooling down and also we got uh we got a hurricane warning recently so that's coming up it might be raining uh over the weekend but we'll see yeah it's weird a lot of places have started to rain during the summer i mean it's not the first time it this happens but like damn like is it because of yeah global warming is crazy honestly global yeah, warming like yep. every year it gets worse but people say no nothing's happening but yeah sure <laughs> but yeah, let's not get into that. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. Um, all right, so let's start with the signature question of the podcast where I start off the po- each episode with this, which is give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design. Like, basically, uh, tell me your origin story of, you know, tell us your origin story of, you know, your how you... Story. Yeah, kind of like Batman origin story. Like, how you became an artist, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, my name is Ray. Uh, I'm a 3D character artist for Valorant. Uh, I started doing I started doing 3D about like back in 2015 I think back then I just enrolled in like uh, art school in Malaysia um, I was doing 3D animation and film back then so my aim back then was like oh I wish I could go to like this team of Pixar I wanted to do like film and animation back then um, I did 3D for uh, I think I started learning 3D for three years back then in the college um and then after that i started working at this local studio called lemon sky studios so that one i was working as a junior 3d artist uh and i was working on warcraft 3 reforged as a yeah character artist so i did like um one of my favorite projects so far uh, uh, on that project is um samuro samuro and also like some of the there's this i don't know the character's name anymore but it's like a a Chimera with a rider on it. That was one of my favorite uh, characters. And then after that, after Lemon Sky, I went to San Francisco to study game development. Um, I did that for four years with like, and in between I did some internships, one of them being uh, a 3D environment artist at Enway Studios. Uh, they are a mobile game company and we shipped out this game called WWE Undefeated. It's like a mobile uh, fighting game where you can play it as your favorite wrestlers from WWE and just like you know beat shit out of each other um so that was that and then I interned at Riot Games in my senior year 
Uh, did that over the summer for three months, uh, working on Valorant. Also, uh, the project that I worked on during the internship was the arcade skin line. I did the one of the finishers, the the fighting guy. We call him Guy McDude. So that's his official name. His name is Guy McDude. He like, yeah, that was the finisher that I worked on. And um, the team animated him, rigged him. The effects turned out amazing. Um, and then after that, I graduated uh, and I came back full time. So I moved to LA beginning of this year and I've been here ever since. So that's how I end up here. All right. Awesome. So it's, so it's actually really nice that, you know, right has a sort of location thing. Did you manage to get your own with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they did help with the relocation stuff. So, you know, it, it went pretty smooth overall. Wow. That's actually really interesting. I mean, of course, it also helps that if your passport is from a country that's not really has a lot of restrictions as well. I don't know about Malaysia, you know, but uh, like that sort of thing is like kind of impossible if you're from Middle East or Turkey. Uh, I mean, uh, it is from it's not from Malaysia to L.A. It's more like, you know, SF to L.A. So it's not too bad. I was already in the country. Ah, So they moved like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. they were moving like cross country. My furniture just went across country and I flew like it's an hour, it's an hour flight, so not too bad. Yeah, where the plushies on the top of your bed were also yeah, at, look at that. part they of were your furniture back then. Uh, no, I got them when I came here. So when I was in SF, I lived very minimally because I was still a student back then, and like um, I was not to say not stable, but uh, there's a chance of like, oh, I might what's gonna happen after I graduate, right? Am I gonna go back home? Am I gonna stay here? So I kept my furnishings to a minimum i was sleeping on a mattress only on the floor and i was just like working off like a desk like that's all i have so i don't have a lot of plushies and i'm like i will wait until like i have a nice place that i can that i know that i can live for a long time and then i'll get all the stuff that i want to get so oh yeah I after moving I- here i just like i got all the plushies up there uh the penguin is still coming he's the still getting shit, the so yeah the worm one the worm? Oh, I don't think they have the worm one yet, but I'm, oh, I'm really? looking forward to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're slowly releasing them one by one. So the first one was Tacti Bear, and then I think um, Annie has been out for a while, I think. That one, Annie, I got from the internship. And then the bunny, I got it recently. They uh, released him for Champs, along with the Penguin Dan. So... We'll see. Slowly, the crew is coming all together. Yeah, and there's Yoshi on the other side. Basically, for for the dear audio listeners, like basically, let me paint you a picture. Like in the frame of Reed, there's like a there's her in on the center, and the back of her is like a huge white bed. And on top yep. of that bed, there's a bunch of stuff and a bunch of dolls. Got my plushies. Yeah, all and the up dolls there. in question are actually for anyone who's like you know like familiar with Valorant, like, you know, if you've ever gone into ghost mode in like a lobby in what, in any of the maps, or even not in that case, like even sometimes if you zoom in with operator or just some places during the maps, there are like these Easter eggs, like put say like, you know, in places by the environment artists of the game, like they're little, little mini Easter eggs, you know, and, um, which we're going to talk about more Valorant stuff, you know, in later on the podcast. So stay tuned if you're interested. Um, but yeah, that's basically the gist of it. And now I need to ask you something else, which actually is like, I'm, I'm actually really curious. Like, of course, in the introduction, I mentioned you're a 3D character artist and you also talked about your journey. But actually, I'm 
like if anyone is just clicks on the link of our heart of your art station link, um, we can see like you know illustrations, 3D characters, like 3D environments, like what's going on. Like you know you've been uh, dabbling <laughs> in a lot of different stuff. Like that's kind of you know usually because people usually go in one thing and from the start, which I actually I'm jealous of those people. Because I myself, I'm someone who's interested in a lot of things and I've just jumped mm-hmm. around so many things as well. But I actually want to know your, your actually story behind all this. Yeah, you're just saying like, oh yeah, why is your portfolio all over the place? Like, tell me. But um, so I think some of the environment pieces are from uh, classes that I t- took in uh, SF. Oh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but in SF, I went to the school called Academy of Art University. So those were, I took some environment classes um, and those are like the results from those classes. So initially I, I do specialize in character art. Uh, that's like my main goal. And I think I'm trying to get my portfolio to be like uh, aimed towards that. Um, but like I, I think I mentioned before, I did work as an environment artist for Enway Games. Um, so some of the environment pieces are catered to that position. So I was like, oh, like environment art, I'll just put some environments in there and then I, I apply for that job. Um, so it is a mix for artists out there that want to get into games. I wouldn't recommend putting like so many things in your portfolio like pick a specialization if you're like a weapons artist make sure to have just like weapons in there um if you like if you have, if you have multiple pieces of work that you really like um you could separate them into different portfolios like i'll have a character art portfolio and i have a uh environment art portfolio like keep them separate and then when you apply just apply with one only don't do it like me i still have to clean up my art station but yeah, that's that's the story behind that. There are some where it's like from classes. Um, the illustrations are also from classes uh, back then. Um, it, it was one of my favorite classes. It's like a figure drawing class and a digital portrait class. Um, I thought that would help just because it's like, you know, it could show my 2D skills and also, um, I guess, kind of shows like, oh, anatomy stuff could help with 3D character art. So I just put it in there. But that's why it's all there. All right, pretty interesting. And um, now, speaking of like, like characters, um, mm-hmm. how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new project? Like, basically, how does what does the structure of your pipeline look like right now? Mm, so initially, uh, I would find a concept, or let's say if I'm work, I get a concept. Um, I would try to break down, like you know, look up references of like the material breakdown. So let's say if there's leather or metal, like what kind of metal is it? What kind of le- leather is it? How old is the leather? How worn? How much wear and tear is on the cloth? I will try to find references um, of those materials. Put it in a PRF. PRF is like a software that like lets you put a lot of images in one place. And the good thing about it is that it will stay on top of all of your software. So you don't have to like, you know, minimize, go to another, like open up another tab and look at it, like your references and then go back. So it's like always on top. It's always there when I need it. Um, so references, I would also look at um, other artwork um, from other artists. Like if let's say I'm working on a stylized character model, what do I want the end result to look like? What kind of quality bar do I want to reach? So I would look at other artists work um, that are kind of similar to the concept I'm working on or 
at least have certain characteristics that my concept has that I want to em- uh, emulate. So I would look up, look at those and then put them in a pure of two in a corner and say like, this is the quality bar that I want to reach. This is my goal. Um, and then after that, I will look at some like lighting, uh, lighting examples. Like, oh, what kind of lighting do I want? Um, I mean, that's for like a portfolio piece, right? Like I will have to light my pieces and present them in a portfolio. So I'll look at like presentation um, ideas of like, oh, how do people do, um, you know, how do people post their pictures on ArtStation? Like what looks good? What doesn't look good? Um, if it's just like a game model that I have to pass it on to someone else, I'll just make sure that like, um, I'll just write a checklist because sometimes I just forget so many things. So I'll write down a checklist of like, what do I need to be, what I need to have by the end of the project? Like, okay, names, like uh, naming convention, all correct. Like all my files are cleaned up, no history, no like, no weird numbers in there. Like everything is clean. So I have a checklist ready. And then that's like, I think that's some of the stuff that I uh, do to before the project, uh, before I get started. Yeah. And what does the rest of the subs usually go like? What do you mean the rest of this stuff? Like, uh, oh, damn. Okay, I forgot. See, that's the thing. So that's before the project. And then during the project, uh, I use Maya and ZBrush mainly. So I usually do the high-res stuff in ZBrush. I'm more comfortable with like sculpting um, my high-res. And then after that, I would, you know, decimate it, go back to Maya, retopple it with um, Quadra. Um, I'm sure there are better ways out there right now. Sometimes I would use ZeroMesh from ZBrush just if like if the object is not too complex. Um, I would ZeroMesh bring it into Maya and that's my low poly, right? But sometimes I'll just quad draw and then I'll bake my textures using Marmoset. Um, Marmoset, I use Substance Painter to texture and then I'll bring it back to Marmoset again to, to light the scene um, and just like, you know, have a turnaround do like a yeah turntable and then render some like shots. Um, so while I'm working on the textures, I would import my mesh early into Marmoset just to see like, just to get the lighting ready also. Cause sometimes when you're texturing, um, the texture won't turn out one-to-one when you're putting it in the scene in Marmoset. So I would like kind of switch back and forth while I'm texturing and see like, okay, how does it react? How do the colors react to the lighting? How does the roughness look like? Um, basically just have uh, a scene or a presentation ready before I even texture, just so that I know like how it turns out. Um, of course, that doesn't always turn out, how to say this, like um, things will change over time, right? So sometimes I'm like, okay, this lighting doesn't really work that well. I would change it and then I'll still test out like how does it, how does the textures look like under the lights? Um, a lot of back and forth really the towards the end and then render render some screenshots compile them in photoshop and yeah that's that's kind of how it goes i think all right and well who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most hmm i have a few artists that i really like that i get inspiration from um, it doesn't all, they're not all 3D artists. So one of the biggest inspo was TB Choi. She, um, she's a concept artist, uh, currently working at Blizzard right now. She was at Riot beforehand and I did get to talk to her a few times. She's really nice. Um, but I love like her line work and her, the way she draws like, or stylizes anatomy. 
I I study her work a lot last time back in high uh in uni. Um I think yeah, just like seeing how she does her like how she stylizes like muscle forms and like her poses are so dynamic too. Like I always love referencing her work, even though it's like it might not be applicable in 3D sometimes, but I just like seeing the shapes, like how she does the um, stylized muscles. And then uh, another artist that I really like is Dylan Ekron. He's like a character artist at Disney. Um, I like the way he stylizes. Um, uh, I don't know. His his work, like his 3D work, um, it's kind of one-to-one the concept to me. Like, like maybe, okay, maybe if you overlay both of them on top of each other, it doesn't match 100%, but like he captures the personality and the essence of the concept in his 3D work too. And like, there's just so much personality and it's so fun to look at. I just love his work a lot. Um, another one, um, I, did, <laughs> I don't remember all the names on top of my head because I remember the... Um, it's strange because I remember the work more than the artist itself. So if you tell me the name, I'm like, oh, who is that? And then if you show me his work, I'm like, oh, that guy, the guy that did this work. So it's kind of hard for me to like bring up names on top of my head. But uh, I guess one artist that I also really like is, um, his name is Bao Pham. He's a uh, artist. Uh, so this is one of his work. Like uh, here on top of my bed, I have a painting uh, from him. Well, one of my favorite artists I just love his the colors that he used and the way he stylizes the um, the girls in his paintings are I don't know just really nice to look at like every time I see his painting just makes me happy with the colors so those are some of the few people the few artists that I really like. All right, awesome, and you actually like you know raised a really interesting point, which is you actually said one of the most common sentences that the guests of the podcast usually say when I ask them this question. And actually, this was also one of the questions that was supposed to put you on the spot, which you basically said, oh, I don't know. I'm not good with names, but if you show me the work, I can say, oh, that's the artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but here's the thing. That being said, you still could come up with some names. So those were the real answers, you know? Mm. Because they were so memorable to you that you even remember the name, you know? If they weren't, it, that wouldn't have. See, that was the point of not giving you the questions, you know? There's also, okay, okay. there's also a couple other questions like this. So, you know, you, you got more I'm spots ready. to be, you know. <laughs> and, well, do you have any advice and portfolio for a good portfolio? Do you have any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for artists who want to, you know, because you've had, you've been through the whole journey and you have, and I think you can share some really important stuff, you know, to any 3D character artists who want to get into the industry and stuff like that. Like, what important things do you think they should um, consider? Mm, so I'm sure you've heard, like, uh, a lot of tips for portfolios. Like, make sure you have at least five pieces of good work. Um, make sure you're... If you're a character artist, make sure your portfolio is catered to character art. Make sure you uh, show all the breakdowns of like your textures, your UVs, your wireframe, especially. And I feel like if you want to level up your portfolio one step further, make sure you present them well. Like not just lighting or anything, but if let's say you're making a fan art for Lee or Valorant, it will be really it will add an extra touch if you make like maybe a small diorama of like an environment from one of the maps, you know, or like slap on some branding. Not not to say that you sh- you should rip off 
Riot Games logo and like slap it on your portfolio. Do not do that. But make sure like, just think about if let's say Valorant release a new agent, like how would they present it on Twitter? Like what kind of picture would they post? Like what kind of, you know, layout? Um, so you could do like a diorama. You could do like a, a small little props here and there to like really set the character in the environment. Um, just make sure just not to put like a blank background and no T-pose. Do not put T-pose. You could, but like that shouldn't be your main thumbnail for your work. Um, and then besides that, outside of the portfolio stuff, um, I would highly recommend talking to people, like go out there and talk to people on LinkedIn, anything, go to conventions, get some connections and just talk to people. Like it can go, how to say this? I've known a few people that like got jobs from like conventions and LinkedIn and like just connecting with people. Um, yeah, like that can really help a lot. Knowing someone from like inside of the studio that can give you more like tips and advice on how to get in. Um, I'm not saying that you should expect a referral right away, like the first time you meet them, no. Build up that connection if you can. Keep in touch with them, like be interested in what they do, learn about their journey. Just talk to people outside. I, I really highly recommend that. I did not know this. I, I was just, at first I was just like, oh, you know, you just need a good portfolio. Just apply to like any job uh, postings and that's it. Like you can just wait, a job will come up and that's it. But no, like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't guarantee anything. Of course, I'm not saying that talking to people would guarantee a job also, but I think your chances will be higher um, if you get to know like people from the industry. Yeah, exactly. And how do you know people from the industry? Just find their emails and email them. And that sounds like very simple, but actually no. learn how to properly email people, you know, so they would actually take yeah. the time to respond to you. Like, um, yeah, be professional yeah, that... in your emails for sure. And like when you email people, like don't, Take it personally if they don't reply you, of course. Like if let's say you email 10 people and you get one to two people to reply you back. Like I think that I still think that's a good yeah, that's result. A win. Like you yeah, that's that's still a win to me. Like, yeah, don't don't feel hurt if people don't reply you. Sometimes people are busy, sometimes people are like just not, not really in the, in the mood to talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So don't yeah, re- send the message not expecting anything, I guess. Like and yeah, just go with that. All right, and um, also just I just got to remember something. F. It's such a random thing, but I just remembered I found your profile on Twitter and works through. I think one of your posts went a bit. I think a little bit viral or something, or someone retweeted it. Like I think it was the Kermit dinosaur thing, if I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the Kermit dinosaur thing. Yeah, I and think that's it? how I found your stuff. Oh yeah. I just randomly remember. Now, of course, <laughs> um, let's actually talk about some stuff like Valorant. We were supposed to talk about it. Uh, we can start with that. Um, so, yeah, do you have any idea what's the reason actually behind the Easter eggs uh, that the environment artists put in the, the, the maps? Is it just the grand, the classic tale of the creators and devs want to kind of give a nod to the players and say, hey, we notice you. Oh, you found this place. No, it's kind of like that. Or are there any other meaning behind, like, you know, the Easter eggs in the game? Uh, 
Yeah, so I think they told us this before. I might not remember 100% all the details, but I know... Uh, so in Riot, there used to be this like internal game jam event that happens every year or so, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if they still have it now, but back then, game jams, you get together and you just create like a feature or a function in the game that you want to see. Um, and then, you know, people like just, yeah, it's just game jam. So I think the Easter eggs came out from one of those the one of the groups in that game jam, they were testing about uh, some like um, asset physics, I think, and then they needed a prop, so they made Tacti Bear first as the prop uh, to bounce around, and that's why he's so round, right? He has like very stubby legs and arms. That's why he's so round because he needs to be get, he he just gets kicked around. So it kind um, of reminds me of Brimstone. I don't know why. Brimstone. Wait, Tacti Bear. Yeah. Oh, because I'm sure because of the vest, right? The like yeah. very army like vest, sunglasses, and sunglasses for sure. Like that's signature, right? So, yeah, I think that he came from one of the game jams. I don't know a hundred percent of the details. Uh, I'm sure the environment art people would know more, but that's what I heard. That's what I know so far about the Easter eggs. And yeah, actually, game jams like one of the coolest game jams i've seen out of any company like i don't know of course i haven't done much research but one of the most interesting ones for me for i think a clip of bethesda games game jam from 2011 or something for skyrim and people added so many features that wasn't in even in the alpha game like they showed so many features like spears like so many different magic pets which actually a lot of these features got added into the legendary edition of the game which which is actually super cool and yeah, by the way, do people actually get uh, like a bonus, the, the features that actually get selected to be added into the game, or is it just like a pat on the back or something? I don't know how this works. Hmm. Good I mean, question. They should, they I'm should not get something. Sure. I mean, come on. A game jam I mean, has supposed to have a reward. I think there is. There is. I think. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a reward. Silly. Probably like, yeah. uh, probably like in-game currency or something. I'm not sure, but um, I think one of the. Like the Tacti Bear one, that one went into the game because it, it got kind of popular, right? Everyone just loved Tacti Bear and he's like so squishy and so round. And I think that's how like the others spawned after that. Like he started, uh, the creator for Tacti Bear started sneaking into the map since like the asset is already made, right? Like he's not going to just leave it and throw it away. It's, he like stuck it into all the maps and then everyone caught on. And that's why like the others like spawned. Um, I'm sure there are other functions out there that also got uh, got into the games, um, but I think it depends on like you know how if if the scope of the project is like doable um, and like yeah I'm sure there are other factors that go into it, but I'm sure there have been like other um, game gen projects that got made into the games. Yeah, and uh, like there was, there's like one of the things I like about Valorant, like it has such a passionate community of you know lore heads, people. And for me personally, I anything I get into, I always read the backstories on lores. I'm a lore head myself, you know. And um, like some people were saying, oh, actually, these dolls you see secretly, they're actually the Illuminati of the world of Valorant, you know, they they (laughs) run the things behind the scene. And I actually that would be like such a like a cool thing, I don't know, but. Yeah, like right, like Valorant has a huge, like you know, future, like with the different IPs. Like, like look just what happened with Arcane. You yep. think a featured film of like Valorant, like you know, lore, like 
90 minute wouldn't like sell like crazy with our cell and like just everything that it has. And actually, yeah. you know what would be going crazier? That they would actually couple of like they could even introduce some of the future agents in the movie, so they would actually tease the agents from the movie. Like there's so many things they can do, but yeah, limited budget. That's the point. That's the keyword budget. I mean, that's budget. true. We'll see. We'll see what happens, right? Like anything could happen. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to the juicy questions. First one: Who is your main in Valorant? Oof. So I play. I play controllers. So I play. Uh, I started with Brim. Brim was like Brim is my comfort pick until this day. If I need smokes, Brim is my comfort pick. But I do like Astra a lot. I've been playing some Astra recently. Um, I did not get to play her when she had five smokes. That is kind of unfortunate. But she is still pretty strong now. Like I really enjoy like her util and just being able to to like, you know, go in the air and just kind of like pick stuff across the map, right? Like that's really fun to me. And um, just setting, uh, helping set up for other people to get the kill, especially with the like the suck and like the concuss, like everything. I don't know. I just love that part. Like just being able to set up and help people get the kills. Uh, because I cannot do the kills. Like I, my aim is really bad, so I compensate it with other stuff. Um, so Astra and Brim, I do love Omen also. Um, I'm not a super ratty player. I need to learn the ways of like how people like you know sit in a corner with a shotgun. I'm not really there yet as Omen, so I need to like step up my game. Uh, but I do love his like blinds and his smokes. Pretty intuitive, really. I think. Um, so those three are like some of my favorites. I do love Viper. I have played her in like Breeze and like Fracture and some other maps, right? But she's very, not to say lineup dependent, but if I want to get good, I need to know lineups. And my brain has no capacity for, <laughs> I, I cannot remember all of the lineups. So I think I just like, okay, Viper is just very situational, right? So those are my favorites. Yeah, and who's your least favorite ones? you hate playing against Ooh, Reyna of course that's a very main one okay yeah Reyna just like triggers some something in me you know like PTSD every time I see her like her alt just kind of like sneak around the, the, the map I'm just like I'm scared um, I guess Kale I don't like playing against Kale just because his blinds are like his blinds are tiny like so when you, he throws it you kind of see it and then you just you're just blinded the next second and like and that's kind of like a CS flash yeah, it's a really tiny. Um, I know last time for like other play other agents, for Sky you can shoot her bird. I don't think you can do that anymore. They patched it. Um, shoot Phoenix, the bird. What do you mean shoot the yeah, bird? Yeah, like when you throw last time when you throw like her Sky flash, you can actually shoot the bird so it doesn't get flashed. Oh. Yeah, it's possible, but I think they they fix that now. So you can't do that anymore. You you just accept your fate as you see the bird, you know. Um, who else? Phoenix blinds are terrible. I hate playing against them. They're so fast. I don't know. Anything with flashes, I guess. I just don't like them. I just need to play, like, I need sunglasses ready when I play. Like, <laughs> when I see, actually, like, the worst is when you see the enemy team and they, are, they have, like, a breach, an omen, a KO, a sky, and it's like, damn five flashes i'm gonna get blinded in this game you know like oh yes yep. bridge players like bridge players I, I, <laughs> I don't know like there are some 
champions or characters in games that are associated with just really negative like just any bad adjective you could think of racist homophobe like you could just oh my god usually, like for example zed and yasuo players yeah i guess like yeah. same like here Breach you know? and Reina players come on yeah especially yeah. Reina. i think Reina gets no like offense actually to people who made them and they feel offended but that's the common experience i'm just joking but. <laughs> yeah like you know that it's actually a meme as well like in league community about some champs and stuff like that um, yeah reina gets meme for sure because like you when you see reina you get associated with like the the sweaty solo queue player that like exactly. only God. like doesn't play with the team they just lurk they do whatever they want you know so she gets a bad rap but like reina is reina is good like if you know how to play her it's well very simple but hard to master yes for yeah. sure and the thing is um Actually, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. I think they should change something with Reyna. They should patch it so the Reyna blind also blinds the teammates. Because every single blind in the game also blinds the teammates as well. Think about it. Think about it. Omen. Yes. Okay, Omen for sure. Breach. Yeah, Omen, Breach, Sky. All of them, Euro, Phoenix, they all blind the teammates, can blind the teammates as well. It's just Reyna that's like, I don't know, for some reason the eye doesn't blind the... I guess. The eye I is mean, selective. You could associate it that maybe, okay, she, it doesn't blind herself because it's from her own Radiantite powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what about the teammates? Okay, but Gecko also doesn't blind teammates. The well, disease well, that could explain because the, the Pokemon thing that he has can be trained, <laughs> you know? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, maybe I'm just being that asshole that you know writes about it writes about the stuff like every little thing on twitter and complains about it maybe i'm just being that right now but i was just thinking about it you know like maybe it's of course for the sake of gameplay maybe that it's much better for reina's blind to actually not blind the teammates mm-hmm. but still i, I was like eh, that, that's kind of weird you know yeah i think it's gonna be terrible though if it actually binds teammates because it's more yeah. like you can just throw it anywhere and if you're within the sight of the eye like you get blinded so I think that will be even worse for like if let's say players don't really know how to use their flashes, they just throw it out randomly. Everyone gets blinded. No one can see shit, right? Versus like Sky or Yoru, like they can like okay, I'm gonna throw my flash and then they throw it. And if you're somehow caught in the line, you're like too bad, right? You just got blinded. Or but- maybe Reina, I think from what I understand, is like a charismatic leader type character. Like a cult leader type of... No, not cult leader. No, that's a weird way. Like, is a charismatic kind of leader role, usually? Like, as a personality? Mm-hmm. Like, she's a very dominant lady. And I think for her teammates, she would just inject, infuse and inject them with their demon radiant, you know, energy. So, it doesn't affect them. Maybe, but that would, does she want to share her radiant power, though? That's the thing, well, too, you know? If there, if her minions help her get more souls... Why not? True, true. She do. She does need more souls. How how much of the Valorant lore do you know? I'm not really up to date, but no, actually, I'm not really up to date that much. But I used to follow every little thing, like every little notes that Cipher would leave on every different patch of the maps, training grass. I used to be like that person. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, and. Um... Like there's so many things I, I'm I'm not really updated on things to be honest, honestly, right now. And also because it's at this point kind of overwhelming, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things now. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm also busy IRL, so I I don't really I I actually only yeah, play just... Spike Rush these days. I Spike Rush and Escalation. And Wait, do you do you play Swift play though? Like that's one of the new modes uh, right now. Yeah, I know, but I don't. Spike Rush is faster, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I feel like people that play Spike Rush. Okay, to me, Spike Rush is too short. Like it doesn't fulfill the like. Um, the dopamine hits. Yeah, the dopamine hits. It's not not enough it's too fast and i don't like the i don't really like the power up stuff on the map it's like it's kind of different from like you know a regular game but swift play is actually just like unrated but shorter so you know what i love the most replication Mm -hmm. oh really so funny honestly like (laughs) five killjoy torres on the ship spawn of the icebox for example you're running running Oh, and then the Soba one still, the Soba, like, shock darts. Like, when five of you got oh. the shock darts and you're oh, like, God. oh, I, I can't aim. And then you just, like, shock each other. It's it's so funny. The Sage ones, like, I remember. Listen, that's such a good... That I just reminded of something. Me and two of my friends used to play Valorant a lot together. And because we were so bored at Franked and everything, I would suggest we would go on, you know, make a lobby ourselves. And someone would... All of us would pick Neon and we would make a... And we would just assume and make like a racing course around the map and we would run as oh neon as yeah like there violent actually has so much potential for arcade games like in overwatch and like just cs and stuff like that yeah or, that's true or we would make like you know um r- boxing rings with sages walls and it would jump in and then just knife fights oh my god it's so funny yeah I, I love seeing those videos of people like just messing around in custom games there's yeah. this one game that me and my friends made last time so it's uh you go to ascent and then there's the, the really tall tower in the middle so someone goes up there you buy an op and that's it like that's op training so you stay up there we will run around like in circles and the map so you have to like aim with your op and shoot while we are still running so that's like our off training, I guess. So a few of us would just run around and be like, all right, we got to hide in some corners. And then he would have to like find us up on top of the tower. And like, I don't know, just really weird, fun stuff like that. Ooh, wait. Hide and seek? Hide and seek and also off training. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, the racing one was kind of really cool. Like, you know, with... Like we even tried it with race, we tried it with jet as well. But the race one was the, the actual most fun because it involves actually a lot of skill and precision and how to time your jumps and explosions. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't fair to them because I was a race main, so I knew how to just whoosh, just go around with properly, like you know, position myself. Now you're smurfing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like there's so many things, but unfortunately, every little feature goes to China's Valorant. Well, good for them. Like they now have a replace system. You have no idea how many cool, like you know, just plays I miss because I couldn't download the replays or I didn't stream. Mm. Like some sometimes when you're in the flow, and I would like, like for example, you no one would believe me when I say this. I once one v one v five an ace during a clutch round with Rays, and nice. it was so cool. It was just like I, I I remember, but the conclusion of it was with my rocket. Like I killed two, oh, then the I ult? throw satchel charge and ult and just kill the last one and defuse at the last second. Nice. And no one is going to believe that. They think I'm bluffing. But if I had a replay <laughs> system, none of you would be laughing right now, you know? True. But and there is also like OBS, you know, like just stream. I'm too lazy for that. Like but I probably should. I probably should now because for fun, if I'm going to actually have fun. But, you know, like 
I don't know about you, but I'm at a part of my life that I can't really enjoy games like that because you're always worried mm. about you could do more job, you can do more work. You remember that thing you bookmarked for texturing, for example, you need to learn, you need to do that. You know, I, I'm in that zone right now, but that being said, I'm eagerly waiting for Starfield's release. I pre-ordered that. Ooh, Starfield, yeah. I just hope it's not as disappointing as Fallout 76. I genuinely hope. We'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see. It's exciting because it's like a new IP in 25 years by Bethesda. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And all right, so a couple other questions. Favorite map and least favorite map? Ooh, this is a tricky one. I think favorite maps. I was really good on Bind. Like my brimstone on Bind, flawless. No one can get through my smokes. That was my best map. But I think I, I have fallen off since then. Uh, I do like Haven. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel very comfortable on Haven and Lotus too. Like the three horizontal, like, you know, three sites. Even though it's three sites, but I kind of like the layout of it. So that's, um, yeah, those two are my favorites. And then Ascent is like super comfort pick, right? Because it's like one of the first few maps that came out. Oh, I love um, Ascent. That's my favorite. The same, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Except, yeah. you know, you. I hate it when, okay, I love the map, but you know, when you're trying to push a site and they smoke off the only chokehold, no one pushes three, uh, tree, you're stuck there outside a main, then yeah, that's kind of a terrible situation. But um I also like Icebox. Um, I think it's out of rotation still. Um, in competitive? But no, like... In general? Hmm. I think I in think... general. So, hmm. Or is it back? I haven't played I, in a I while, don't actually. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't played in a while, but I do miss Icebox. Um, I was getting starting to get comfortable with it, and I, I have some Sage or lineups to like slow people on the rafters and stuff like that. So like, I love that map too. Least favorite, Fracture. I hate of Fracture. Breeze. Yes, Breeze too. I do not like Breeze. Everything is too open and like everything is too small. Like I, I'm blind. Like I, I play my, with my screen like this, like right up to my face and I can't see anything on Breeze. Everyone's so small. The map is so wide. It's so open and I hate the ops. Like everyone just has ops on Breeze. I can't just leave me alone, right? Like let me plant my spike. Leave me be. Um, so those two are my least favorites. Yeah, but like I hate like Fracture and Breeze are my least favorite, but you have to take into consideration that the maps aren't just being designed for just the average player or the plat. They don't they have to take account all the ranks, all the demographics, but let's be honest, it's mostly they have to take into account the things that pull the most viewers and players, which is of course um the esports. So for example, a map like Breeze is also a change of pace from all this fast pace close course or action of ascent and bind and all that stuff so teams should also be tested in long range combat as well i think i, I think i've never read it somewhere but this is my philosophy i think that's one of the reasons it is out there so it has to the teams have to be tested in different ways like right now i think there's esports of like valorant i don't really follow them but one of my friends is like a, like a crackhead when it comes to like esports watching and stuff like that and he's just mm-hmm. posting stories all the time about different teams and um, I think that's the reason, but yeah, I don't enjoy it as much. Like honestly, it's such a uh, no. Yeah, as I say, everything is too open. You ha- you have yeah. to like watch out three sixty degrees everywhere. 
Yeah, you have to have eyes in, on your back to like play on yeah. bass. But, but Bind, in a sense, love them. They're my best friends. Mm-hmm. Fracture and Breeze, my friendship no. with them is over. <laughs> right. They don't exist anymore yeah. in, my, in my brain. Okay, but good thing is that I think um, Valorant just announced that Breeze is getting a change. Like they changed some stuff on the map and it looks like it's pretty good. Um, it'll come back in rotation. So we'll see. We'll see how, how it plays. Might be better, yeah. might be worse. And with that being said, favorite weapons and least favorite weapons? Oh, I'm a rifle. Uh, I'm. I play a lot of. I use a lot of the Phantom because I'm a. Sp- I'm a sprayer. <laughs> okay, it it does depend on my mood though. Sometimes it's a Vandal day. Sometimes it's a Phantom day. But I think I use the Phantom a lot more, and I do love a good sheriff moment. You know, especially with the the news. One of the new skin lines that came out. The Neo Cowboy one, the Space Cowboy one, that one oh, was. Oh, the animations great. are so yes. like, you know, crazy. The an- the animation is so good, like especially with the Marshall. I don't oh, use the Marshall. Yeah. It's like a cowboy repeater, I- yeah. Yeah, I don't use the Marshalls, but that often. But I bought the skin just just because of the animation. I don't know it's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, your least favorite ones. Uh, I don't really have a least favorite, no. but it's just more like the stuff that I don't really use that often, right? I don't really use the Ares or the Odin that often. Um, the op, I I don't really use the op too much. Um, what else? Uh, I'm more of a... I think now I'm more of a stinger compared to specters. I used to like the specters a lot more, but now I'm the stinger just, just, hits, just hits better, you know? Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because for the longest time I haven't played using Singer, but a couple of months actually, a Singer is my favorite weapon right now. And Frenzy, in Pistol Runs, Frenzy is like, oh, it's so yes. it's such a fun. Um, because especially with Rays, like, because it's so crazy. It's really high reward in early rounds, you know? They're really cheap, but also really, if you know how to use them actually, like with Rays, because I always satchel charge and to like just get close to the enemy and just. Before they could even react, like just I like release the whole clip of like you know whole mag of um, the frenzy. Yeah, either frenzy or the other one, a singer. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, first I said clip, but did, did you see that clip of like you know moist critical and some other YouTube? Yeah, it's like it's not a clip; it's a mag. It's, my brain dead <laughs> yeah. played, and I was like, wait, they're not clips; they're mags. They're mags. <laughs> I was like, wait, they're mags. A mag of singer. Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah it's just it doesn't give the opponent the time to react this thing that's what i love about it because when you get hit like you get a little bit slow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then sometimes um i don't remember what weapons it applies to but i know for the sheriff i'm sure the other guns do this too but if you get a headshot you like your camera kind of like shakes upwards and you have like less time to react right um so that's also kind of annoying all right, so that's anything Anything else you want to add to Valorant, like, you know, about the Valorant before we move on to the next thing? Mm, I guess in terms of lore-wise, what, what is your favorite, char- uh, favorite Asian? That's, like, a hard one. Mm-hmm. Who I think subjectively, who I vibe with, or who I think is the best well-written character, because that's different questions. 
Nah, I think it's just more like your favorite so far. Uh. Like, doesn't matter if it's like good or bad, but it's like, what's your favorite in terms of like the story that you know mm-hmm. so far? Well, um, it's quite hard for me to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you would expect me to say race because that's my main, but story wise, hmm. Mm, let me just quickly go through the ones. Oh, actually, I can pick one. I, I I actually can't. But if I have to give an answer, I probably would say Killjoy or Raze or something because that's an easy answer for me. But like, I really, I what what I really like, what I'm finding intriguing is Cipher. He's such an enigmatic character, and he's always on the background. And yeah, sometimes he he feels like a comedic relief as well. If you see the like the, the voice lines, yeah. And especially like you know like killjoy saying you have to teach me how to go to dark web one time and yeah like yeah. you know they're like no dear we must protect you that's so cute and also honestly <laughs> that I, is that's, so cute that's yeah. my most like imagine this cold-blooded killer like you know like a spy guy and suddenly gets like a software no no dear we need to protect you no 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 don't go there it's such like <laughs> a contrast of like you know vibes you know and yep yeah i kind of like that stuff yeah, and sorry that's, for not giving you like a good answer, but that's closer because like it's so hard to pick, mm-hmm. you know. And there's also not that much info, that much from each of them. But for example, I like different like you know nuanced things like the rivalry between Viper and Reina, you know. Yeah, and like these type of stuff. Yeah, the or interactions, Jet, right? Or Jet and Phoenix, like I I, I really love the inter- interactions, you know. And yep. it's, it's kind of interesting, like, you know, they, they're playing with this whole parallel things. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think based off the interactions, I, I'm not sure, but I think in one of the universes, like, Jet and Phoenix are actually together. Like, they're, like, they're, oh. from some of the interactions, like, they're probably good friends, I don't know. But they're super good friends. But on the other hand, they're rivals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like different things. Like, I don't know, have yeah. you seen the trailers for the new Mortal Kombat that's coming up? They're kind of doing the similar thing like they rewriting the whole thing mm. the story like I, I don't want to I think I've seen a few things yeah I'm so hyped for Mortal Kombat by the way I can't afford it or I can't I don't have the system to play it on but I will of course watch every single YouTube video that comes out of it yes you better believe that for sure and alright now speaking of like, we talked about the Vesta Mortal Kombat and all of that you know I want to know what are some of the games you're actually excited and playing as and also your general opinion on the state of gaming like you mentioned before we start Baldur's Gate by the way how's that going which class did you pick and just tell us everything it has been amazing like I I bought this game when it was like you know early access and I played like even in early access I sank like a hundred plus plus hours in that um just in the first act alone um but yeah it's been really nice so far uh I've been I'm playing the Druid right now, but I do want to try out the different classes too. Like, you know, the bar for sure. Um, I think I, I was trying out like a Barbarian in one of the, my, uh, a different campaign with friends, like multiplayer campaign. Um, a lot of stuff to find out and try. I just want to keep playing it. Um, I, there have been moments where I like, okay, how I know it's a good game for me is like, if I stayed up until 3 a.m. when there's on a, like a work week, it's a good game. Like I cannot, yeah. That's that's my stress test for whether I like the game or not. Um, so Baldur's Gate is one. Starfield is interesting. Um, I am very interested in Starfield, but I don't have uh, super high hopes for it just because it 
from what I've seen, it looks too good to be true. Like, there's the story, NPCs, there's like gunplay, just there's throw the, around the whole shit. Huge thing. numbers. Yeah, this like, it's, like yeah, and it's like, it's crazy. Like, there's so many things in the game. It's like a lot of mini games combined into one big game, you know? Um, so I. Yeah, like I said, it's too good to be true. I'm still waiting to see more stuff. But I do love the... Uh, did you get the controller and the watch? Like, they give... Did you see that? Yeah, I know, oh. but... Uh, I No, I didn't. I just have a laptop. I don't have a console or anything, trust I me. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I think they do a really good job with those, like... Um, the marketing marketing with the, Yeah, marketing is really good. Uh, but we'll see, right? We'll see how it goes. But other than that, I do love um, like single player RPG games. Um, I do like my fair share of multiplayer. Uh, Valorant. I don't really play as much Valorant now, but I'll play it with friends sometimes. Um, some of my favorite multiplayer games. I do like Valheim. If you're uh, not sure if you heard about it, but Valheim is like I salute you. Yes, it's like, like the Viking game. I love it. I love it so much too. Like, uh, I can never. I think we couldn't get past like one of the bosses, but which one? I love the build. Hmm. Have you reached a dragon? No, we beat the dragon. Um, the fourth one, I think. Wait, I, I forgot. The last one was the plains biome one, which was the hardest for us as well. The the huge skull one uh, that meteors drop. I don't think we beat that. Yeah, I think that was the last oh, yeah, one. That's so one. that that's just hard. Like. Valheim can be so hard if you don't be careful. Like you could, like you could get killed by a tree. You can get you can get killed by like just getting stuck in a room with all the like the smoke from the fire. Right, you just get choked to death. Like there's so many ways to die in that game. Listen, but it's so fun. I've been gaming for 22 years now in my life mm-hmm. since I was four, and some of the most funnest, hilarious, just ridiculous moments of my gaming history has all been in Valheim, and I know that's like such a high praise, but when we used to play, listen, Valheim co-op is just 10, like not 10 out of 10, it's 12 out of 10 actually. There's so many funny moments that could happen, like, oh my god, like (laughs) <laughs> like once because we were so bullied by trolls me and one of my friends we were, we were playing early in the game when we got high level and we got the spears we defeated the kraken and everything um, not the krakens the sea serpent which oh my god the killing the sea serpent one was so hilarious I got <laughs> glitched and I got dropped out of the water and I didn't have any stamina and the serpent's head suddenly arose out of the dude like my lace came up on the bed that's how scary <laughs> I was and I was screaming on discord help come back come back <laughs> and literally at the last moment i managed to get on the boat it, because if i we were so far from our base and we didn't have any portals nearby and if if i if i would die i would probably like you know uninstall the game yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah but that was such a delicious sea serpent stew we made the like cooked sea serpent that serpent we killed it we eat, ate it and when we got the spear the spear when you get the hooking spear have you gotten that yeah, yeah i have i have that's where the fun begins. You can help each other. Actually, we used to hook each other when we were climbing mountains. One was oh climb, God. climb, climb. And while the other one was getting it, someone the other one would climb. So we would do this crazy stuff. But listen, let me let me say two things. When we got the spears, we would get on the longboat and we would drag, a, like lure a troll to us, to the shore. And we would harpoon the troll and we would drag it in the middle of the ocean and release it. 
we would bully wow. the hell out of. Like we even made a troll museum. We made a huge like hole. We trapped a, like a troll in it. And we made a bunch of trophy walls around the troll pit, the, the pit the troll was in, and we uh-huh. put like other trolls' heads on it. So it would mentally, oh my God, we would do so, psychological torture on this little, like, it was so like, you know, it, it was really, yeah, it was good justice. It was revenge. Yeah, 10 out of 10 game. Like, I, I get to inflict psychological torture on my fellow creatures. 10 out of 10. But it was good out game. of revenge because you have no idea. Like, I have a screenshot. I will show you after our call. Damn. I have so many screenshots from Valheim. A literal troll raid happened while I was building my dream house. And it literally spawned 10 feet away from my house. And it destroyed everything. I have I have evidence. This wasn't a war crime. I can submit Damn. it in court. Your Honor, I, I have evidence. Please, I don't need... Like, what I did was out of... Like, it was called Vigilante revenge. Justice. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is your, your villain origin story, you know? That's yeah, exactly. how it came to be. Damn. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, Valheim had like super, such good, I have a lot of good memories from Valheim too with like friends and everything. It's a good game. Yeah, but the thing is when you're gaming phases, all your friends spread out to different things or you get busy in life. But listen, if I can have like three to four people who are down to play Valheim, even if anyone who's listening, you know, let's do it. Like, if if you're a serious Valheim player, you beat bosses, you know what's going on. Let's actually do it. Let's, let's, just kill all the bosses and actually there's like a new biome and a boss like a bug box i boss i think they added i've never experienced anything from that there's a magic system now there's so many things like there's so many things to experience now but because i'm solo i I really don't want to play you know yeah it's it's different when you play solo i tried playing solo once and it it just Mm, isn't the same yeah i do need to catch up with the new stuff though um yeah valheim what other games have i played i play a lot of like really weird games um i oh there is a game called raft so that's also kind of similar i play with well. friends yeah yeah, yeah. it's See, our like, senses games and like games that. are so similar that's crazy yeah 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 I, I it's just like i love games where you could mess around with friends and like just, you just have memories of like those moments like oh yeah you remember that that like you do you remember this guy he like jumped to the water in the shark and blah 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 like you have so many of these memories and like it, it's just what makes the game so fun like even though it's so scuffed like maybe sure the mechanics might not be like super minecraft. good or like minecraft oh my god yes minecraft too like it's one of those games where like you just it, it's just there for you you just make the you just play right like you can do anything you want sometimes you couldn't you don't even have to do the main story of like killing the the dragon right you could just you know role play build a farm Build a whole village, destroy a village if you want. Like, you could just do anything. Yeah, but you know what the sad thing is for me, basically? Like, since I was a kid, I've always been a super creative kid. And I love to, you know, just, you know, just creativity has always been at my course. So usually the people I used to have play Valheim or Minecraft and games like this with are people who are just, you know, I would call them normies. And no offense if you fall into the category, all right? But, you know, they just do the objectives get the best gear and that's they they lose all the fun in the game like Mm. that's it there's so many things to do and you know what happened in valheim when we got to that point i came up with the sickest idea imaginable i went to the i I into the top of the highest mountain i built a base camp over there and i built a huge wooden ramp 
down to the bottom oh. and wait. And I built a huge ship on top of it, but of course it had a little barrier. And we all would sit on it, get on it, and I would just with the hammer, like middle mouse button on the things that were stopping it, and I would quickly grab yeah. it. And we would roll around and just it was so fun. It's like skiing, like like it's such a scuffed skiing. But every time it was so fun. And we all, of course, I set up portals from the top to the base of the mountain. So we would just quickly mm-hmm. go to the portal and do it again. And that just like if you're creative, you can have fun, you know. Yeah, but if, yeah. But but if if you're going to be boring about things and just play everything like Call of Duty, oh, we beat the best things, we got the best things, you know what? No. Well, of course, there's nothing. Sure. Yeah. But even with mine, like the best uh, way you can see that is in Minecraft. Like, there's like ridiculous, unlimited amount of things you can do in Minecraft, right? Yeah. But most people are like, all right, I got diamond. Eh, too lazy to get netherite. We beat the dragon. All right, I'll I'll go play. I don't know something else. Yeah, yeah. Like only sticking to the like supposed main story right and then not really doing anything else in a game where in a game where there's a creative mode yeah you can do whatever you want right yeah like for example with i used to have five six friends who would assume me at playing minecraft and i just and i would just kind of lead people on with the stores that would go on like would people would make factions like we would be in rivalries we would try to find our bases it it was half anarchy, half... It was just... It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, just all of it. And those were my best gaming members out of these games, honestly. Nice. And yeah, that's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. And so, but also just one thing about Elder Gate, I saw this clip recently, where someone mm-hmm. had this really five-foot small character, and he rolled a nat 20 on strength. And you see the cutscene where there's this little guy kicks open a huge gate of a castle, and it's such a funny contrast. I oh, think it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the funniest clips of Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 right now. I think I saw it on Twitter. It's so funny. Yeah. Just imagine like a little dwarf just kicking open a like, huge ca- stone castle gate and just demolishes the stories, and the guy just walks in like a giga chat. I mean, he yeah. is a chat. Like, yeah. I mean, Hell yeah, yeah, of course. To compensate for height, he got the he got the nat twenty strength, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and... I love the funny clips from Bal- uh from Baldur's Gate for sure. A lot of they put a lot of love into the the cutscenes and everything, so it's really nice to see. Yeah, about this whole genre, um, like the, like, ah, it's so embarrassing that I actually forget the genre. Is it called like a RPG, right? Yeah, yeah. Role playing game, yeah. That's basically yeah, but. Games. Yeah, but this is the type of like a classic role playing game. Like, there's so many elements. Like, there's with the skill tricks. There's now like you know Dungeons and Dragons dice rolls in Baldur's Gate, which is a classic one. Some games have like a skill points which you can level up and add it. That's how you do the skills. Um, that's how the progression goes. But actually, I bought this game like Arcanum. It's really old, and it's like one Arcanum. of the one of the like there's like Tor- Planescape Torment. There's Arcanum. There's of course OG Fallout's. Like, if you're a fan of RPGs, you definitely need to play those. And it has a solid 80 hours of like it's just a story mode gameplay, Arcana. Oh. And the reason I know that is because one of the lead developers of Fallout, Tim Kane, he made a YouTube channel like in the past couple of months and he's sharing wisdom of like 30, 40 years of game development. He's one of the literal OGs. And the info I'm telling you right now is my education from his videos. Mm. He's an amazing dude, by the way. And, um, yeah, he, he was one of the lead developers on Arcanum as well, I think. And I just bought Arcanum. It's actually pretty cheap. If you can buy it, buy it. 
Mm-hmm. And there's so many elements of like, you know, RPG in it that I really like. And I also checked Baldur's Gate, of course. Um, honestly, I I don't have really time or honestly the money to buy it because I recently bought Starfield. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, in another life, in another timeline, probably right now in a parallel universe, I probably instead of Starfield, I bought Baldur's Gate. But I, I think that's something I would sink my teeth into for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Like it's yeah. a it's a long game. Um, I mean, depends on how how you play it, right? It could be a long game. Some people just speed run through the main story. No, I don't. What's like the fun that. of that, right? In an RPG game, like you're gonna skip dialogue, bro. Like that's terrible. I've okay, never... but yes, yeah, are gone. No, no, sorry, but like, yeah, if you ever, I don't, I don't know if you want to. I want to say finish Starfield, but if you ever get a chance, get Baldur's Gate. It's fun. I'll definitely will if, if I get the chance. That's a conditional sentence, by the way. The condition. <laughs> yeah. And, um, like, actually, if I play Baldur's Gate, I'll probably go with... I don't know the classes or anything about it. This is the, It will be the first game in the genre I played. Like, not... By, I don't mean by RPGs, but this type of RPG. Like, it's kind yeah. of has... It's kind of reminiscent of classic RPG elements. Yes. You know? Yeah, classic that, D&D, that's why right? Like, I've played... I've never played D&D, but... I've always wanted to play the anybody I've never had the group to play with, you know? But, like, um, I played this Coliseum, I played Fear and Hunger. These are, like, when it comes to, like, kind of, like, isometric top-down RPGs. But when it comes to, like, regular RPGs, you know, Skyrim, Fallout, you know, that type of stuff. But if I had to play Baldur's Gate, is there, like, a class? Is there a way to play as a trickster, a sneaky, a wild card character? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of wild card uh, characters. Um, Trickster is my even, main thing. Yeah, like, okay, I don't know. This counts. Some bards. Okay, maybe not bards, but uh, rogues for sure. I know there are certain traits that you can get that, like, is that has a randomizer or, like, very RNG trait where, like, you know, if some if you roll a die, something happens, right? So you could get those two. Um, but rogue, the bard, Maybe I don't know. Bart um, is a musician, though, right? Yeah, musician. He's there. He's just there strumming his guitar for moral support. But I mean, if you want to do like a wild trait, you could also. Um, I think one I thing go about with Rogue then. yeah, Rogue is the move. Um, but I know uh, in Baldur's Gate there is an option to multi-class, so you could do like two classes at the same mm, time and get both traits. I mean, that is an option too. That is interesting. Hmm, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Art Rogue. Yeah, that actually sounds sick as hell. Bard rogue, like, <laughs> like, like basically, I like to play a troll character. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so many. Like, honestly, you could play the serious, the like most a Bugs serious Bunny type character. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you could. Uh, I know barbarian. I think they have like a wild card uh, trait. Um, I don't know. A lot of I didn't really read through a lot of the traits, but I'm sure you can. Yeah, and have your wild card like trickster type of character in there. Yeah, because here's the thing: genuinely, if, like, like when it comes to role playing games, people don't understand the fun of it is role play. It's in the game, and if I was exactly. actually in a scenario where there was demons and her entities that I could that my little brain couldn't fathom, I would just embrace absurdism as much as possible and just have fun with it while I'm alive. You know, yeah. There's like this shadowy demon figure that's looming around this area i would just mess around with them you know troll them why not for sure like uh, i was talking to a friend recently we were playing this board game called the thing uh it's basically like 
one of those social deception games, right? And then we were talking about how like there are certain people that play the game, these kind of social deception games, and they're like being very like goody two shoes. They're like, yeah, like like let's uh band together and like you know banish the evil and like we should all the good people should like get together. But it's like, what's the point of it if you like, you know, you're already you're already like, how to say this? You're polite and you're good in the real life, but then if you get a chance to be evil in the game, he would pick that because, like, it's it's a choice in the game, right? You can just like be an asshole to everyone in the game, and it'll just be in the, it'll just stay in the game, you know. So what's the point of playing like a good character? And I just I, noticed something. Games like this. In games that have like you know elements of fantasy, um, the thing that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like more of a trickster, agile, jumping around, confusing the enemy, like trying to use my environment to my advantage type of character. But when it comes to like games like Fallout, like that has settings that kind of roots has a root in realism, I would just like all right, that sounds kind of weird to d- describe myself like that because it's like I'm trying to say I'm some sort of like cool guy. I mean, I'm not like, but usually mm-hmm. in the games I try to, I don't want to dissatisfy everyone or make anyone unhappy in games like when i games play games like fallout and stuff like that i try to be that stoic kind of like guts from berserk type of character that just kind of anti-hero not a good two-shoe actually Mm -hmm. like a violent anti-hero usually that's what i would play and um yeah and i don't want to say like that's my kind of reflection of my own character if that was a reflection of my own character i wouldn't be too lazy to go out and exercise (laughs) every day so i am kind of self-aware of the situation but usually you know in the games that kind of you know revolve around that kind of level of realism that i've always played that like i always tried i always go back to myself and try to do the thing that would become the best outcome for the general you know Mm -hmm. and yeah but when it comes to like games that are fantasy it's kind of doesn't have like it's not that real yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where the fun begins. I see. You know, so it depends on the setting, then, right? Like Fallout, Fallout has like more realistic, like nuclear war type of stuff versus like in a fantasy world and Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah, like do you know Zix from like if I could describe what I what my personality if I had to in those settings, Ziggs? Like, Ziggs, like it makes Ziggs and Timo from League of Legends. Oh and my add, god! Add techies from Dota two and Race from Valorant. They're all they all involve aside from Timo, they all involve explosives, and they're all crazy, and they all seem like they have ADHD, and they're just all over the place. They're super creative. Yeah, that kind of that kind of stuff like that. I love that. Like y- you have a you are represented in like so many games. <laughs> there are so many characters yeah. that have the same like traits. Too. Yeah, I like I like to be really strategic. I like to set up my traps, like Killjoy, Timo, techies, all of them. Like I like to set up my traps and use the traps to my advantage and lure the player, just all that type of stuff. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, just there's kind of an adrenaline rush and joy when it comes to just hand-to-hand combat and just going fist-to-fist to the other person until the first person to drop is loses, that type of stuff. But, like, yeah, sure, that should be the last resort, though, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, for me, basically, that's kind of my personality. Like, sure, that sounds tough and it protect, and it boosts your ego for a while. But come on, if you want to win, that's not... You You got to lie, cheat, and steal. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have fun, if you want to win, yeah. sure. But if you want to have fun, like, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, you know? fun is the whole... Like, the, the same thing with games, you know? As I said before, you play games for fun, you know? And you can kind of apply the same to an extent, of course, to an extent to real life as well. 
time passes, like your age, your numbers of ages just keeps going up. So you might as well have fun, you know? You know? Yeah. But of course, not all the time. As I said, to an extent. But yeah, that's my whole thing. So what about you? Damn, that's hard. Uh, I don't... I like the idea of role-playing in games, but I feel like it's kind of hard for me to stay in character all the time. And I feel like sometimes staying in character, I feel very limited. Like if let's say there's a in, there's a choice in a game that I really want to see, like, oh, what's, what's going to happen, right? But if it's not like something that my character would do, I'd be like, okay, I guess I can't pick that option because my character wouldn't do that. But at the same time, it's like, but I want to see it for myself, right? So it's uh, to me, it might feel a bit constricted because I want to see everything in the game at once. So sometimes when I play these kind of games, I don't really role play per se. I just kind of make a character, more like a self-insert, I guess. A self-insert in the character. Um, yeah, I do this with all of my games. So I don't really like super role play that much. I, I might do that with Baldur's Gate. I'll try and see if I could if I can stick to one type of character, but usually not. It's just like self-insert most of the time. Are there explosions in Baldur's Gate? Like explosives? I mean, for sure. Which class does it? I want to go with that. Any class can do that. Like, uh, so (laughs) it's something uh, with Larian's games, like Divinity and Baldur's Gate, where you could cheese the game with uh, a lot of fire barrels. So there's like explosive barrels and fire barrels. There's this video of uh, this group that put a lot of explosive barrels in one of the in the goblin camp, and then they just he just threw a grenade in, and then it, it they just nuked the whole camp because they put the the barrels close together, so it's like a chain reaction. So it just keeps exploding, 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 and then like eventually everything just became dust. So you could do that too. It's one way to play the game. I know in Divinity, um, they that's one of the strats too. Like you just burn everything. Like that's it. You don't do anything else. You just burn everything, explode everything, and then you win. So that's a playstyle if you want to go for that. Interesting. Yeah, but I think there's also a class in the end called Artificer or something. Mm-hmm. Which I think so. kind of involves inventions and crafts and gadgets and stuff like that. Like that's mm-hmm. on me. Like yeah, I would just ah god. Yeah, I'll probably try to get the game if i can but i doubt i'll be able to um yeah but for now let's actually move on to another subject what are you working on right now when it comes to like art projects what of course to an extent that you can tell us about because if ndas might be involved of course you can talk about it yeah for sure okay i I won't talk about about? okay i won't talk about work stuff because that's all nda i can't say anything yet but uh personal project wise um I, I still have that Kermit thing to finish, um, the Kermit dinosaur. Uh, I I guess, hmm, I guess I can say that it's done, but uh, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I'm always like, oh, there, like before I post it, there's something that I, I can do to like make this better. But then I just, uh, it's always in that cycle of like, oh, uh, before I post, let me check if there's anything I can fix or I can do to make this better. And it never gets posted because I'm always, like, working on it forever, right? Sometimes it gets worse, sometimes it gets better. But I'm just constantly working on it that I just don't post. I started that project, like, last year. And it's still, to me, it's still not done. Like, quote, unquote, not done. Um, 
So I'm trying to get past this mindset and I think I will work on it and just post it soon just to get it out of the way. Like it's better to finish a project than like to just noodle, noodle on it forever and just never post it. So that's something I need to do. Uh, there is also this other character that I'm working on as a personal project. It's um, it's a lady with a robot arm and she kind of looks like someone from Arcane, like a character from Arcane. She has a uh, robot arm. You mean she has like from League of Legends? I think I saw that project. Like no. the metal arm thing? Uh, No, I don't think it's that one. It, I haven't shown it at all yet. I think isn't it the one any social cat media? Ears? Like it's on your art station, right? Is that it or is that's a else? that's a Valorant character, right? Or oh yeah, the fan art have... you did, yeah, yeah, the fan art. But this one is different. Um, it's like a yeah, like a metal robot arm with like, and she has two big dogs next to her. So that's like technically three characters in one, right? Including the dogs. But um, I'm working on that. Um. But yeah, I think so far, like personal projects wise, a lot of my time has been in Baldur's Gate. So I'll, we'll see. That's what I've been working on so far, though. All right. And um, now we talked a lot about different art stuff and video game, like all the subjects. But now I want to ask you something else. What mm-hmm. other non-art related stuff you got going on in your life or you want to pursue in the future? Like, um, like... You know, what are our hobbies or ambitions or different things you want to do or you got going on it that are listen non-art related hmm non-art related uh i guess one thing that i started recently was uh crocheting uh, i picked up crocheting as like a hobby to like to get myself away from the computer screen because i i spend like so much time on my computer even with just games or like in my free time so something to get get me away from the screen. I picked up crocheting, but I realized that um, it's still not good for my back. Like I sit in this chair eight hours a day, right? But then for crocheting, I'm also sitting down eight hours a day, and I'm like looking down at my project too. So it's not super good for my neck. And I'm like, oh, what did I do this? But I, I to me, it's fun. Um, I'm looking for more like patterns to make. Uh, otherwise, I also like baking in my spare time. Um, baking like desserts and stuff like that. Uh, sports. I I recently just uh, went to the gym. I started gymming, uh, trying to chat up, you know, if I can. Uh, and I also go rock climbing in my free time sometimes. Oh, rock uh, climbing is actually really yeah. insane. Like, like for me personally, like I love activities that actually give you some sort of ability, like in video yes. games. Like you, you, you now have increased grip strength, and you can hang on to stuff more. You can climb stuff. You have bigger muscles, sure. Like I don't want to, like you know, <laughs> like I don't want to, like you know, play down on. Like of course, you can make yourself like amazing, beautiful body with body fitness and stuff like that. But you can also achieve that with calisthenics and yoga with much better results, in my opinion. Like mm. aesthetically, if you're speaking. Like, to me, I'm not really into that whole gym culture of just building muscle because that's just unnecessary mass and water retention. But you can yeah, actually... And you so. can You can build a lot of muscle, actually, with just calisthenic. Like, it's insane, the things you can do with just calisthenic. And I love that a lot more. Like, I have these two push-up handles. Like, anytime I get on my bed and I just do five, ten push-ups and I just go on with mm-hmm. my, my day, like, every, every time that happens. 
And um, yeah, that's just my personal opinion. But uh, yeah, things like running, like like marathon running, I mean, like, you know, rock, rock climbing, which is really insanely hard to pro- progress in from what I've heard. And um, just yoga as well. Like it's, I know it's it's not just a chick's sport, by the way, for any guys who's listening and say, oh, I'll never do that. Like do that and your body will thank you. Trust me. And you might be thinking, oh, you're probably doing it. No, I'm too lazy and I'm procrastinating on it a lot, but I probably should start doing it again. <laughs> and um, yeah, this stuff. So baking, crocheting. Actually, oh, fun fact. Did you know in the lore of Omen, Omen to reduce his anxiety, he, he does crochets and he even there's like a voice line about it. And yeah, he, he does like, baking, says, right? Like, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it helps me calm down or something. He says something like that. Yeah, and it's, yeah I it's, love that. This is contrast, like, it's like a cute, like, little thing, but it's just, like, a dark, mysterious, like, Reaper type of character. But yeah. just, like, in a spare time, that's crochet. I, I love this sort of stuff, you know? Character quirks. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's, there's even, like, a player card in the game, too, where he's just sitting down next to the fireplace and, like, crocheting. There's a lot of weird stuff at Omen. Like, I, I love him as a character. He's so, like... You know, his voice is so deep and he's, like, such a menacing character. But then you see, like, player cards of him, like, knitting. And he has, like... There's one with him, like, in cat ears for Halloween, too. Like, it's kind of, like, funny stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah, it's kind of... I think uh, I like the way Omen... I think this is how Omen feels like. It's, like, anti-hero type of thing, but kind of protector, elder, kind of older, wise, wiser guy of the group. But at the same time, like... It's kind of critical outside the box kind of thinking. Like, for example, that voice line she's, he says with Sage, Sage, the life you give, do you know where, where it comes from? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that actually might insinuate that maybe the heals Sage gives actually drains from the same parallels from other universes. That's actually yeah. an interesting theory. But Sage yeah, doesn't know and realize, oh, shit, I'm actually doing this all wrong the whole time. And yeah, but... Yeah, Omen, I, I like Omen. I like Omen. Omen's well. a fun character, for sure. Yeah. And, well, we've reached the final question, the section of the podcast, which is called Time Capsule. All right, mm-hmm. beforehand, I used to describe like a silly scenario to people to understand the vibe of this um, question, but this time I'm going to say it much more simpler and clearer. If you could summarize and give us the essence of the results and conclusions you have reached in your whole lifetime, what would they be? Like, if you could give the best advices and words of it, imagine your, okay, that sounds, that's going to sound so dark. I'm sorry, but imagine this is going to be the last moments of your life. If you could leave the whole world, like with anything, what would they be? And of course, they would be the things you've learned the most, your most valuable lessons you could give people, you know? Hmm. That's an interesting question. It's very tough. Like you, it's hard to take summarize. your time. Don't worry, and also don't worry if your answer is gonna be cliche, because that cliche <laughs> answer you might be thinking, everyone's gonna say it differently. So that's really important. So don't worry. Just take your time. Hmm. I guess one of the things that I can think of that I've been trying to embrace recently is, um to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like make sure that you are not settling and make sure you are always like out of your comfort zone. If let's say you're, you see like an event happening and you're like, oh, 
maybe I'll go to that. Like if you catch yourself saying like maybe or like, yeah, maybe like one day or like perhaps just do it. Like if if you don't do it, uh, how to say this? Like you don't want any regrets at the end, right? You, I would rather go to an event and let's say if it turns out bad, you're like, oh man, I'm so embarrassed at this event. I'd rather feel that than not going to the event and be like, oh, I kind of wish I went. You know, I don't want to have any like, oh, I wish I had done this instead of that. Because um, like you're just kind of thinking back to the past constantly. But like, yeah, I kind of wish I, I can do that. I wonder what it could have brought if I have done that. Um, and if let's say there's some bad things that happen in an event, it's kind of a learning experience, right? Like no matter good or bad, it's still a learning experience. And it's the matter of how you recuperate yourself and how you like stand back up again and like go face something else right i think that's the last thing that would leave people like if let's say uh i i die the next day or something it might sound cliche but i've i've genuinely felt this recently in the past few months like if you catch yourself thinking that you could have done that just do it anyway like do not have any regrets after that don't just do it that's awesome. That's that's really awesome answer. I, I honestly love that. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming by and taking your time for coming on this episode. And thank you to anyone who's tuned in to listen to this episode as well. If there's any comments, suggestions, or criticism, you can always leave them down in the comment section down below. And um, yeah, that's about it. Take care, nice. everyone. Stay safe. And by take care, I mean actually take care, like, you know, drink your water. Your health. Hydrate everyone right now with me. And yeah, health is now. Listen, if you're listening to this point, you we've probably had your attention till now. So if if I manage to have your attention for like nearly 90 minutes, so just gonna give you like just quick thing. Don't worry, it's gonna take just 20, 30 seconds. The reason I say take care of your health is, I mean, also take care of your mental health as well. Mental of mental health as well first, I guess. If you're sad about being overweight, don't be sad about being overweight first. Take care of your mental health, then work on the overweightness. Like the thing I'm trying to say is just put your mental health in your, in priority as much as you can. Because with good mental health, you can work on projects, you can work on your passions, you can work on your jobs, you can get more creative. Because when you your mental health is good. Your nervous system is relaxed. When your nervous system is relaxed, your mind isn't in a better creative problem-solving mode. You know? But if you're stressed, and of course, listen, physical health has its toll on you. Like, if you're like me, you, you, you live alone. So you have to be careful how to manage your emotions as well. You know, just trying to get lost in your head. So that's why I say just keep your, prior, keep your mental health priority as much as you can. And because here's the thing, mental health can lead to physical health. Absolutely, absolutely. Like it can literally destroy your body and weaken your immune system and you can get different infections and viruses, which happened to me quite well, actually two months ago. Like I got a hiatus from podcasting for two months because I got a really serious lung infection, which the doctor thought I was a chain smoker, but I actually don't smoke at all, at all. And so that's why I say mental health is the most important thing I would like to advocate, honestly, like because it, if you if you have good mental health, even your physical, it improves your, even your physical. Health. That's crazy, I know, but it's so true. So, 
that's like one of the main points. If I would, even if I have to someday answer this question as well, that would be one of my main points as well, honestly. Mental health and health in general, but mental health first. I know it sounds weird, but I think mental health is more important than physical health, honestly. And with that being said, take care everyone, stay safe, and until the next episode, bye.